This is a production of KMMedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Show we have a very very special guest, and I hope that you'll stay with us for the entire time because she is very talented. She's got tremendous energy, and she is a certified health and wellness coach, amongst many other things, including she's an author and um, and stuff like that. But we're going to talk to her in just a moment. But first, I have to check in with Eric. How are you, buddy? Hey, happy Friday, Kevin. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, too. You know, what's really cool is that we save the absolute best for last for the uh, three o'clock show that we do on Kixie. And that's not to downplay what we do on KKNW Monday, Wednesday (laughs) and Friday. Those shows are also really good. But this particular one, um, we did a short for her. She came on the show. We did a short for her, which is one of those things you put on Instagram. Um, and it was, it's been viewed over 5,000 times in three weeks. Hey, very cool. Yeah. So she's got a lot of things to say. She is versed in all kinds of stuff, but first of all, speaking of being versed in things, since you create the weather, how are we going to do this weekend? Hey, it's going to be another beautiful weekend, you know, highs in the lower eighties. Um, and it looks like it's going to be, you know, pretty comfortable and pretty nice. So time to get out and have some fun. I know Seattle's going to be kind of gridlock <laughs> with all the amazing stuff going on, um, including a big uh, Taylor Swift concert and uh, some other events. Uh, so uh, maybe if you're outside of Seattle and you don't have to go into Seattle this weekend, that might be your best bet to avoid the gridlock. But uh, definitely beautiful weather to get outside and have some fun. Well, I know the Mariners are playing, um, and, and Taylor Swift is here as well. Yeah, she's playing Lumen Field. Oh, my God. Oh, Lordy. If you got a chance, I highly recommend taking the train down there. Don't drive. Yeah, <laughs> public transportation uh, would be a, a good a good way to go, if at all possible, because parking's going to be rough, and so, of course, there's traffic. And, yeah, <laughs> avoid you know- it if you can. Yeah, exactly. Do you know that I was told that, you know, we had uh, All-Star Weekend um, uh, week last weekend or the week before? Yes. And they were charging $125 for parking. That's right. <laughs> Certain places were. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is just crazy. Yeah, they, um, were, they were taking advantage of that opportunity, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's capitalism at its finest. Well, um, it's capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so it was, it, and this weekend is liable to be the same way because Taylor Swift, she's she filled the place and she sold out in like yeah. two minutes. Yeah, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of all the events. We don't have time, of course, to go into all those, but uh, yeah, just just know that it's going to be rough on the freeways this weekend. Either if you don't have to go downtown, if you're not going to go to one of these events, stay outside of downtown, it'll be a lot easier for you. And like I said, the light rail, you can take it from the south, you can take it from the north, and you can get right down to um, Lumen Field, right down to where the Mariners play, and um, and 
you know, what is it, T-Mobile Park these days, and um, you can get all that done, and it's cheaper than $125 to pay for parking. Yeah. I mean, Capitol Hill Block Party, just another thing going on, too. So. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> all, all great stuff. So hopefully everybody has a great time with all, all the events going on, but it is, uh, is going to be busy. Well, I can tell you this, by the time the weekend is over, if you drive downtown, you may need a certified health and wellness coach. Couldn't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to spend time losing your mind, and um, Annie is somebody that can help you get it back. So so thank you, Eric, for that, and that's really good information to know. That so check your paper, check you know the news, and also and uh, check you know uh, KK and W because they'll have traffic reports all the time, so you'll be able to figure it out. Um, I at least I think they do. Anyway, uh, so, so usually not uh, on the weekends, but yeah. not on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate the plug regardless. Any 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 time I can help, anytime. But you so, can anyway. definitely check out the websites, kixie.com or. KK and 1150 KKNW.com will have up to date traffic uh, for you anytime. So, oh, that's that's good to know. I didn't know that. So, that's excellent. That's excellent. So, you're you're listening to the KIXI. This is Positive Talk Radio. We do this show every Friday at three o'clock, and uh, we have some of the best guests that we can find anywhere. And we've got a just a dynamically exciting young lady who is with us today. Her name is uh, Annie Del Rey, and she is just phenomenal. And I, and like like I said, and you didn't know this before we came on that that the the short that we did um, has been downloaded like in three weeks. It's been downloaded like five thousand times. Up, oh, you're you're on mute, my dear. I said that's wild. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, see, the thing is, is that when you have the type of energy that you have mm-hmm. and and you present yourself as well as you do, it's it was funny and it was a very funny little short. And uh, and we just enjoyed the I watched it a bunch myself. So it's 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 really cool. But to, now we're going to talk about you. You've got a B.A. in psychology and mm-hmm. then and then you were going to do something called. Um, you were going to get a master's degree in, uh, what were you going to get a master's degree in? I was going to do speech language pathology. What is that? A speech therapist. Just oh, okay. Children, people after having a stroke or just, um, some people do it so they get rid of their accents. Oh, some well, that's probably a good idea for somebody and and but in but in any event it bored you to tears bored me to tears and so you decide <laughs> you decided to become a certified health and wellness coach yes i found a master's program um called integrative wellness coaching and i was sold i was sold and you do a lot of different things you are a <laughs> hypnotherapist and you do, you do NLP and EFT, which we can talk about those in a little bit. Um, you do, and you've got, you have literally got hundreds of clients all over the world. Yes. Congratulations. You did now do, when you started doing the coaching, did you think, I know originally you said, I might do it part-time. I might dabble in a little bit, but, but you became 
you understood that you're gifted at this. Yes, I think so. I think also, and this isn't to, this isn't to talk meanly, but it would, the program for me, for the most part was pretty easy. And when I saw all these people struggling, meaning in my master's degree and in my certifications, when I saw people struggling while learning it, I was like, oh, this is so easy to me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just kidding. More of this, this is so where I'm supposed to be. This is, feels great. And you're passionate about it. And you're passionate about helping people. Yes. So when you when somebody calls you to help, what do you ask them to do first? Um, meaning, meaning, meaning like if someone were to start a program, what steps would we do or what would we talk about first? Well, if somebody calls you and says, you know, uh, you were referred to me because you're, I understand that you're really good at what you do and my life is falling apart and I just feel terrible and I can't seem to get my act together. What, what do you start with? I mean, I, I mean, that's a lot I get, but what do you, what do you start with? <laughs> like I would say, Oh geez, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh geez. Start off that way. Uh. Yeah. I, I don't know how you're still living that would be awful but uh <laughs> right boy oh boy oh boy <laughs> this, this, this. um actually the very first thing i would do is make sure they're clear on the difference between therapy and coaching just making sure that that's abundantly clear um and if i feel that what they need more is therapy i'll be honest and i'll say um, I don't believe coaching or I'm the best coach for you at this time. If you'd like, I'm more than happy to find you a therapist or therapy options. If, and this would be like, if they're handling trauma, if they're deep in grief, um, and sometimes they're already with a therapist. So I'm like, okay, this is appropriate to do coaching. Cause you're not going to potentially self-harm. Right. Cause that's not coaching, but a lot of people come with that idea of like everything's in shambles, but they're not like having panic attacks. They just feel like their life's a mess. So then I ask them if they know that there's a specific area they want to work on. So some people immediately will be like finances or, oh, my physical health. I already know. And other people do more of the phrasing you were using of like everything, like everything. So, <laughs> um, I teach them, I teach them about the wellness wheel and then I let them know, um, which is different areas of your life. I may have talked about it on here, but your environment, your finances, your physical health, your mental health, and let them know we're going to work on one thing at a time. So I understand you're overwhelmed. I understand it feels like everything is going wrong. We're going to focus on one thing at a time, conquer that area, and then keep going and just letting them know, like, Here's clarity. It'll be fine. You got this. And a lot of people need that affirmation just to start. Yeah. And I, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, another thing I let them know is, hey, when we set goals together, it doesn't have to be your, like, the hardest it can be what sounds most exciting to you right now. It can be what is the latest issue. It can be what was the issue you've had the longest. Um, like, don't we don't have to conquer the beast right now. 
what do you want to start with? Let's build your confidence with goal setting and action steps. Do you work, feel like you work better with men or with women or does it matter? Mm, It doesn't really matter. And you also work with couples. Yes. I have. Yeah. Not as, not as much as one-on-one. Um, but I talk a lot about relationships. I talk a lot about them. Yeah, as a, as a matter of fact, we were. I was looking at your website, and one of the one of the um, folks that you kind of highlight is uh, Gary Chapman, and he wrote the five love languages. And I had the opportunity. As a matter of fact, it his interview is on my Independence Report on uh, YouTube uh, to this day. So you can go listen to that interview that was done in 2003. He, he's a, f- a fabulous guy. He was from South Carolina, I think it was. And uh, he's a, he's a, he was a minister. And he came up with the five love languages. And it really? was groundbreaking work at the time. Because nobody had thought about it in that, in that way. Kind of explain to me and to the audience what, what his, um, what his um, um, idea was or is. So he, he labels them love languages. Um, as you're, as you're mentioning, I don't know if I'm frozen. Oh, okay. It froze for a second. Um, there's five love languages and what they're, what he's trying to say is in relationships, it's important to at least know the other person's love language. It's not so much that you all have, you both have to have the same. If I'm remembering correctly, I hope I'm not, I haven't like studied his work very recently, but the idea of when you are clear, let me talk about what the love languages are. How about, how about I start with that? So it's this less like obscure. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be just odd because let, let me, let me explain what, what his overall premise is, as I understand it, is that we all have different ways that we like to be loved mm-hmm. and that we accept love as genuine. And so we may think, as, as a man, we may think taking the garbage out on a regular basis is my expression of love for you. Now, I don't particularly do birthdays well, and I don't buy gifts very well, and so I don't do that very well. But you, your expression of being loved is if somebody showers you with gifts. And so you don't think that he loves you and because he's not showering you with gifts and you're, and he's saying, yeah, but I'm taking the garbage out. Uh, That's my expression of love for you. That's kind of the nutshell, isn't it? That's the perfect way of saying it. That's, that's such a good way of saying it. Yes. And, and how that leads to so much miscommunication and um, trouble in relationships, not understanding that, not understanding that your love languages are different. Yes. And although I have to make the disclaimer that it didn't help, I still got a divorce. So, <laughs> well, sometimes I mean, maybe that's it. And and sometimes just the clarity of like we have different love languages. Also, I'm not. I don't want to say use the word willing, but like I'm not willing to change for you. And like yeah. if you want me to change, I'm. That's not who I am. Suddenly, I'm not going to love gift giving when I've never been a gift giver. Maybe, <laughs> but. One time I went to a jewelry store and I bought my wife what I thought was very pretty Mm -hmm. and I I gave it to her and she goes, oh, 
Well, thanks. And it stayed it stayed in her jewelry box for 15 years. It never came out, not even once. Uh, because she was like, oh, what crap is this? And I was oh, like, isn't it pretty? And you probably had so much love in your heart when you picked it out and then gave it to her. I, well, yeah, it was like, this, I, this is pretty. You're going to love this. And she didn't think it was pretty at all. It was, you know, so, but, the, but those things happen. And, and that's, that's why as, as, as people, we go through these, these issues all the time. And it's great to have somebody, you know, I, I, coaching, when I first started this thing 20 years ago, coaching was new. And there were a lot of people that were just getting certified. Now coaching is a thing. And most people and most coaches that I know have coaches um, and people that they, they help them. So I have a guy, I have a good friend of mine. He is a financial planner and he makes seven figures um, as a financial planner. He has a financial planning coach. And I said, why do you, you're, you're wildly successful. And he mm -hmm. said, I still have blind spots. There's still things I don't know about myself. And, and so that's, that's why having a coach is so vital and you're sitting there nodding and stuff. And you, you agree with that, I guess. Yes. And, and also all therapists should have therapists. So if someone meets a therapist is thinking of hiring a therapist or a coach and you find out they don't have one of those, that is not in my, in my humble opinion, um, I would not recommend those people because that's the exact phrase blind spots. We're not, we're not perfect. Well, and you don't need to be humble by the way. <laughs> you remember that song? Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way that that's just, so. yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't remember who wrote that. Maybe Eric will remember, but, uh, uh, that was, uh, um, but, but no, you, you are, and one of the, in my opinion, such as it is, I've only interviewed like 2000 people in my career and, and, uh, had done a ton of shows. You're one of the best I've ever seen. Um, and, and you are really, really talented at what you do. Um, so I, I think if you need, uh, if you need a coach, if you need to start down that road, go to AnnieDelRay.com. And, um, you, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do there and you can find out more about her and some of the work that she, she does. And then you can then give her a call. She's right there in San Diego. So she's very close. Yes. Yes. So what is, what motivated you to get into, to become a, a certified wellness coach? Um, I believe it was my sisters, my sisters and just wanting, um, Wanting them to see that you really can do whatever you want and not in a go off and hurt people, but it's okay to do a career that doesn't sound stable. It's okay to pick something that people are telling you, don't do that. Like I didn't have anyone telling me that's a great idea. Go for it. I was being told like, are you absolutely insane? You're going to spend money on this. You're going to do tens of thousands of dollars on, um, on something such as coaching, because like you were saying, 20 years ago is still brand new. And now it's been here for 20 years. Some people still kind of new, but also you've been saturated for the last 20 years. And 
unfortunately, or fortunately, there are more regulations than there was in the beginning, but still there's not licensure. So anyone can call themselves it. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. So when you would say like, I want to be a coach, people were like life coach, eh, like I roll. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's let's talk about that a little bit because there's somebody in our audience, yeah, probably more than one, that is thinking to themselves, "This isn't working for me. My career's not where I want it to be. My finances aren't quite exact. My relationship, and I need somebody who's in my corner who mm. can help me and and talk me through some of this stuff, so that I can live my life according to how I really would like to be." And that's happy and loved and, and cared for and kind and all those things. So how do you help people? Um, well, in, in, in coaching, how do you find that coach that's going to be good for you? That's going to be perfect for you? I think I would ask what's your experience first. Just the idea of if they share, like, for example, someone may come to me and be like, I really want to write a book. Have you worked with someone who's written a book before? Um, so someone, um, and coaches, there's a lot of niches now. So finding a coach that really is your, is, um, in your niche. So there are book writers or there's perfectionist coaches or like how you'd see a personal trainer. If, um, you need to help with exercise specifically, where am I going with this? Oh, how would someone, um, <laughs> how would someone, um, know if they were, who the right coach is for them, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah, um, definitely by their specialties. Um, get on the phone with them. So I know some people who sign clients through text oh, or kidding. email. Really? Yes. How, how do you know if you're doing it through a text or an email, you don't get a flavor? It's a, it's like That's my... what's that? You don't get a flavor or even... <laughs> And on the phone is, is great too, but get on video with them if you can. Yes. I, my, my, my sons are texters and it's, and so is my, so is my former wife and they text and I said, how can you, how can you text somebody and, and get a flavor for who they are, what they mean, how they say what they mean? Because a lot of times people write a text and they, and it comes across short and not very, not very kind or whatever. They're just to the point. Um, now, my younger son had the best explanation I've ever heard, which is, I said, why do you text all these girls? And he said, well, because I can talk to three or four of them at the same time. <laughs> he was a, he's a pretty boy. Um, but, you know, that's, but, but most of the time, you need that human interaction, don't you? Yeah, how do you feel around them, right? And how do they make you feel? So uh, are they making eye contact with you? Are they looking away? Are they texting while you're talking to them? I've heard clients, I, I was so horrified when I learned this. A client told me that her old therapist used to text in their sessions. So they'd be sitting in a room together and the therapist would be texting. <laughs> I was flabbergasted. I couldn't even believe it. So that's something you should know, though. You should know if um, what they're doing. Are they giving you their full attention? Is their body facing you? Um, what's their facial expression? I'm, as you see, I make a lot of facial expressions. I nod my head. I let my clients know I'm listening. I smile. 
naturally, right? I'm not like a robot, like, no. okay, smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> if you've got a show like Positive Talk Radio, you're expected to be positive most of the time, which, which I just am naturally, but you are too. And you can see that, you can feel that when somebody talks to you. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I hope for. Like, I hope you feel sunshine when you are near me. I hope you, I do calm you. I hope I do make you feel like comfortable and that you want to share things. Cause if I've got another son, (laughs) (laughs) he had a coach and a therapist, but he did not share things. Um, He told them kind of what they wanted to hear. And so it came came down to, well, no, you're fine. You got no problems. It's because he wasn't being genuine and being honest. How do you, do you, can you tell when somebody's being disingenuous? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I'll, I'll um, almost like dig in. I'll be like, may you tell me more about that? I'm confused. And I essentially force them to, to share more. Which, <laughs> Which is like, in some cases, is like uh, um, dragging somebody across the finish line. They just don't want to do it. Um, if oh. you know, you know what I mean. And and it's it's hard. It's hard to do. I and I, I can I use you as a personal therapy session? Let's do it. What do you do with a family, or with a a person who is the product of a family that never express love to one another? and would hide from negative emotions because negative emotions can be hard. So what they did was bury it. And so everybody, they'd have an argument, everybody would go to bed, and then nobody would ever talk about it again, except it was still in somebody's head. Um, And they took that into their marriage, and they took that into their, their major life because that's all they knew. How do you help somebody understand that that how they were brought up is not necessarily uh, the best way to the best way to achieve everything you want to in life? Um, it, it, depending on our relationship, I may I may uh, share with them in a much nicer way than I'm about to say. But the first stage is accepting that almost as if it is what it is and blaming your parents forever is not serving you. You are now an adult. These are now adult. uh, You have to, um, you gotta stop blaming. And that is usually the hardest part for people because it's really easy to hate someone and blame them. But if you're blaming them, that means you're not taking any responsibility. And I'm, I'm not saying what happened in childhood wasn't terrible because it does influence us. Right. Um, but that's an easy cop out to not change. You can't blame something that happened in your past for what's happening now or, go, or going to happen in your future. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's really helpful to have somebody like you walk somebody through it because in, in this particular person's case, they were, they didn't even see it. They hadn't no. So it took a long time for, them as a team, which I consider a coach and a client, a team to be able to get that out of them so that they could look at it and then make the necessary changes. Yeah. And, so, and, um, 
it sounds like this person got support and that's really what it's about. Yes. Well, no, <laughs> no, this is, this is a uh, theoretical approach because okay. this is what I wanted to have happen. I love this. Um, okay. <laughs> because I wanted, I said, you know, you should go see somebody about that because you're not living your life to the, to the degree, the best degree possible. Mm -hmm. and, and and they chose not to but can't do anything about what other people think and what other people do i can only be responsible for myself yes totally and the idea of okay who are you responsible for myself all right well what are you going to do now and one of the one of the biggest things especially if there's someone else involved or other people involved is we are making a list of what you can and can't control go and then I'll have them make a list of what they can and can't control. And I'm like, you see this can't control list? We got to release it because you can't control it. Yes. And you should be. And, and <laughs> does anybody want to hang on to it? Yeah. But I like being able to blame this guy for this <laughs> or this person for that, because it makes me feel better to blame them. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You don't think I want to do that too. Like, <laughs> I get it. It's, it's not that it's fun being the victim, but for the most part, you get a lot of attention for it. So people don't think, how can I get attention in other ways? They're thinking, well, this works. Everybody this works. feels sorry for me because so I can play victim and it works just fine. I, I think there's a lot of people that do that. By the way, yeah. we're talking with uh, Annie Del Rey and um, go to her website, AnnieDelRay.com. You know, um, Annie, I got to tell you, I always can tell when the show in my mind is a show that I really love doing because we're halfway through it already, dang it. And it's just amazing to me. So we, when we come back from this break, because we have to take a real quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk to Annie about her book and uh, which she had to actually change the name to get it on Amazon. So, <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll tell you that story when we come back. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on Kixie. We'll be right back. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second, I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project, which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we will lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio. When you want to say more than words, communicate. You can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com. Connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio, video products to fill any need. 
please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our dash store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at Kevin at KMmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio right here on Kixie. And we're here every Friday at 3 o'clock. We also do a show on KKNW Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so you can find us uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Friday. So I hope that you'll do that. And and one of the things that we do is that we are also are a media production company under kmmedia.pro. Uh, and we did a short uh, with uh, Annie from the, one of the previous episodes that has been on and, and it's been downloaded over 5,000 times. Uh, the number one show or the number one short we have has been downloaded over 26,000 times. So we do a good job of it. And if you wanted to look at us, go to kmmedia.pro backslash uh, my store and and you can get all that information there. We're talking with Annie Del Rey. She is an a, impressive uh, health and wellness coach, and she's also an author. And she and she wrote a book that uh, the original title didn't work for for them as much. So it was stuff I wish I knew in high school. Now stuff is not the actual word that's on the title, but. <laughs> So, so what, what made you choose that particular title? Uh, well, the book was originally written for my sisters. So that's how I talk to my sisters. <laughs> now, are you older than they? I'm 12 years older than them. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, they're very twins. good. They're twins. Oh, they're, they're twinsies. <laughs> yes. Are they identical twins? No, no. Which is fun because now, you know, they're two, they're, they have their own personalities for sure. And so the, even though they're twins, they're, they've got different, they're, they're not, they don't finish each other's sentences and that kind of stuff as, as identical twins want to do, or do they? Um, they probably could, but they're, they're so unique in the best of ways. They're similar in the best of ways and then unique in the best of ways. So you wrote this book to tell them because they're, you're 12 years older. And so they were in first grade, but you were a senior in high school. And so when they were going to go to high school, you wanted to give them the benefit of your experience and knowledge. Yep. I wrote it when they were freshmen in high school. And I was like, I was in California and they're, I'm from Jersey. So they're in Jersey. And I wrote the book and I just sent it to them. I had, I went to Staples. I got it printed out. I mailed them two versions and I was like, here you go. And have you, now the book is now on Amazon, is it not? Yeah. An update, an updated version. Oh, very good. How's it going? When did it get updated and how long has it been out? Um, I updated it before I, my version that's public is different than my sister's. My sister's, I had more inside jokes and, I want to say more personal information, but I share so much personal information in this book, like probably way more than most people would. (laughs) Well, well, good, because, you know, high school, as you know, is a very tough time, especially for young girls. Oh, 
you couldn't pay me to do it again. <laughs> you couldn't. Maybe actually, I I wish that they had virtual learning when I was that age because I would have for sure done that and probably graduated high school sooner. Now, did you have a tough high school experience? I mean, you're 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 a very nice looking lady, and 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 you've got a great smile and stuff. I can't imagine that you were bullied or anything, or were you? Okay, this is not a proud moment, but I was a bully. I was a bully. <laughs> oh dear. And not and not as in um, like picking on people with disabilities or anything like that. If anything, I was. Um, I was mean to the mean girls. That's what it was. It wasn't that I picked on like the nerds or whatever people would call it. I was mean to mean girls. And I was like, just running the show. Just <laughs> Well, but I don't think that that's if, if you are defending other people and are mean to the people that are mean to other people, I don't think that that's being a bully. I think that's being righteous. And, and that I, that's, I think that that's a good thing. I've, I've done that. Uh, where. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't it wasn't just me defending like I would defend, but also it's just like mean girl behavior, like inappropriate, <laughs> embarrassing behavior, inappropriate. And by my junior year, I was over high school. I, I was hanging out with people in their early 20s. I was looking at everyone like you're crying because he kissed someone else. We're, <laughs> we're 15 years old. You're probably not going to remember his name in a few years. So I was already at that stage when everyone else was acting like a typical teenager. So it was all very ridiculous to me. I was like, can we wrap this up? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it going. We've got we've got a better, big, bigger and better things to do than to worry about uh, whether or not a 15 year old boy looks at another girl because that's what a 15 year old boy does. He acted immature. He's a little kid, essentially. Like, he, <laughs> no, he acted at his age. I didn't. I didn't go to my prom. I didn't walk in my graduation. The minute that I didn't have to be there, like my senior year, I used every single sick day that you could do. Like, you know how you can only have a certain cap before you can't graduate. Right. I just used them all up until, like, I just used them all up. So, I, it wasn't that I had it rough. Um, I don't know. I think I was just an old soul. Well, you just wanted to get on with life. Yeah. And, and to get, get moving. Now, what decided you to also become a hypnotherapist and, uh, uh, EMT or not EMT, um, <laughs> you, you're, you're not, you're not an EMT, but you are, but you've got hypnotherapy and, uh, EFT and NL, one of my favorites is NLP. Um, what decided you to get involved with those and to learn about them? I think when I started learning about the conscious and unconscious mind, and once I understood the importance of the unconscious mind, I was like, we weren't taught this in school. Like, no one told me. I, what do you mean? What is this? <laughs> and then I realized that majority of people don't understand the unconscious mind or explore it or understand how essentially this is what's running your life. So you gotta, um, like I'm more than happy to teach you. Like I'm excited to teach people because majority don't know about it. So they don't know the power that they, that they hold. 
Now, I want your opinion on something because I was talking to somebody the other day who was saying that they have discovered that the brain isn't always the same, that you can actually change uh, how the brain works. Do you agree with that? Yeah, there's a book, I believe it's called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. They reference that book. <laughs> great book. It's a great book. And so how do you change your brain and, and thus change your life? I think, um, number one, building awareness of what you're even doing. So, for example, this is just a random example, but like mindless eating or what are you eating? So I can't remember if I told this story before, but a client that I had, this is in the beginning of coaching, um, was talking about his anxiety attacks. He was an anxiety attacks. And he was a driver and he was saying that this is affecting his life. He lurks long hours. He doesn't want to stop driving. You know, that's his, that's his profession. Um, and we went over what he was doing during his day. What is he eating, drinking? He drinks five energy drinks a day. So we need to stop doing that in order for you to stop having anxiety attacks. There may be deeper things that he has to work on, but step one would be getting that stimulant out of your system. Have you heard the term golden handcuffs? I have, but I can't remember what the meaning. I, it, yeah. The, the meaning is, see, I was a bus driver for 12 years. Mm-hmm. When I got into it and I started, you know, training with other bus drivers and then learning routes with other bus drivers, I I discovered that not a lot of them were not very happy. They weren't very happy driving a bus. And so I asked one of them one day, I said, why, why are you doing this if it appears in my mind mm -hmm. and in what you're presenting to me that you hate what you're doing? And, but you're doing it anyway. And he said, well... See, I have this wife thing, and, and I make really, really good money and, and stuff. And so I, I feel stuck because I can't get out of it because I make too much money to leave to do something else. And so rather than to follow his heart and follow his passion, he just treats everybody like crap who gets on his bus. And so that's my version of what we would call the golden handcuffs. And I think that there's a lot of us that have got that where we're in a profession, we're in a job, we're in a deal, we're in a life that mm -hmm. we don't like, but we don't have any idea how to get out of it. So we just stay with it because we don't think that we can make any changes. And you're, you would be one that would disagree with that. Wouldn't you? That you can I make changes that they can definitely make changes. Right. Like the, like we'll use the, the trucker example of, you know, I can't make this much money other places. Well, who said so? Like, you know, let's say you're making six figures. Well, why don't we Google right now professions that allow you to make six figures? It's not just truck drivers. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Right. So, um, but that's another thing that a lot of times comes from childhood. So their mom or dad may have said, you get a stable job, you work in a career, like you do this, you work for a company long-term, you get a pension, oh, you always have health insurance. So that was planted into our heads. So we're like, well, they said, get a stable job. They said, don't jump around They, you know, and then, but that's why uh, sometimes I do simply ask my clients who said, 
says who? <laughs> and then they realize like, oh, okay, like this is kind of, right? Oh, my second grade teacher. Or, or in my case, it was my parents. It was like, you need to get a stable job and you need to stay with it. But if you look at my resume, it looks like I can't keep a job. <laughs> it's the opposite. And that's sometimes what happens. You know, they either follow it blindly or rebel. And and I did exactly. I did that. Now, do you do you help people that to get over that that thing that's going on in their head, and that that says I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, and change the dynamic of that? How do you do that? Yeah, that's where um, I'd say the NLP comes into mind. So. Um, for the people who don't know what NLP is, neuro-linguistic programming. So your thoughts and your words um, affect one another. So I, I will say something such as, I heard, I keep hearing you say, I can't. I hear the word can't or I won't. Um, why won't you? Why can't you? And then make them, and then they'll say something and I'll be like, and why is that? So making them challenge themselves of, you're throwing these words away, but do you realize how strong they are? And do you even realize what you're, what you're saying? And sometimes it's just one person asking you that question for some, a light bulb to switch on and be like, oh, wow, now that I've pinpointed it, I can move on from that. Or I hope that makes sense. Yes, it, it, it does very much. Because you, in order to, in order to succeed and do what you want to do and follow your passion, sometimes it takes a little bit of pain in order to be able to do that. Um, in in my case, it was a country, a bad country music song for a period of time, um, but I got through it. Mm-hmm. And I, but and because I wanted to follow my passion. Um, and why is it that so many of us don't even know what our passion is, or we say I can't, or I won't, or I shouldn't? Or that's not, my friends will think I'm stupid. Or in your case, my family will think I'm nuts. I want to be a coach. (laughs) Yeah, I would. I mean, one of the things, and and this is sometimes hard for people to accept, um, you need to stop surrounding yourself with people who are telling you that. Uh Aha. That's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. And it's the quickest action almost. Um you'll notice a difference. And if we were to, if we were going into a little like more woo woo, <laughs> they talk about, they talk about cord cutting. So the imaginary cord that is attached from you to another person. So this could be an ex, this could be a boss, this could be um, a family member. And it's as in thinking of it as in, I mean, there's a few different types. So one is like cut that cord. You send them flying off into the atmosphere and you never see them again. And they go in a black hole. And another (laughs) one is like, take the scissors of love and you cut that cord and you wish them the best. And they slowly move away from you. So um, sometimes the visualization helps of the idea of this person has such a hold on me. I need to release them. Exactly. See, and that in my life that happened because when I made the fundamental change and shift that I was going to follow my passion, it changed my energy. And when it changed my energy, they did not change with me. And so it became impossible for us to even 
communicate at a at a basic level because I was somewhere else now and I could and so I had to make a decision do I go back or do I follow my heart mm-hmm. and, and I chose to follow my heart and where are they today most of them I haven't talked to in 10 years but that opened the space and are oh. you still breathing <gasps> yes you are and you're accomplished oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that space was then created to allow me to bring people into my life who did resonate with me exactly yes and so but that is a hard thing to tell somebody and to to get them to work through because that may in fact be your significant other it may be the marriage that you did when you were in your early 20s and didn't know anything about anything and so now you're in your early 40s and you don't get along very well because you're doing something different and it so it can it can affect your whole life but it's important i think to follow your heart to follow your passion that's why we're here yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and and that's the other thing about taking responsibility of like, I'm, I'm, I know, let's say like, I know you're, um, I know you say your husband's the worst, but I'm also here to tell you that you're the problem. And guess what? You're also the solution. You're the problem. Cause you're saying, right. Uh, but there, um, whatever you do, if you decide to stay, work it out, leave, you are the solution. So yeah. Where are we staying? Are we staying on the problem side or are we, are we doing forward movement solution? And then they start to cry <laughs> and then you have to, you have to work through that, that issue and, and that sort of, cause it, it's, it can be, it can be challenging. It can be hard, but I think that's part of what our life's mission is, is to yeah. become who we really are. Because I tell you what, uh, and I know you disagree with this, Annie, my mother died two years ago this month. And she was 90 years old and she lived a great life and she played bridge on Wednesday, went out to dinner on Thursday, died on Friday. Um, and, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. What was it going? Oh, I know when I, when I get to be that age, if I get to be that age or whatever age it is that, that the, the exploration, the expiration date, which is by the way, uh, printed on the bottom of my foot, but because I'm not real flexible, I can't see it. Um, I'm, I have to take his word for it. And, and so but when that day comes, I don't want to have any regrets. Um, because that, I know you've worked with people that, that have been on their deathbed and stuff. And the biggest thing is people, a lot of people have regrets. I don't want to have any. No. And and I'm just thinking of the example of people saying like, let's stay together for the kids. Right. But your kids are watching. So what you're showing, what potentially you're showing your kids is suck it up and be miserable. Even if this means you're going to be miserable and mean to people for the rest of your life, that's what you do. You know, or you, um, you allow, it's okay that partners scream at each other. That's normal. We're going to stay together for the kids, but we're also going to fight. You know, we're going to ruin every family vacation. We're going to cheat on each other. Like, come on. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why do we do that to ourselves? Self-sabotage. 
not wanting to deal with our stuff. A lot of times, well, I mean, this is when clients come to me is they are no longer comfortable in their comfort zone. They're so uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable binge eating and binge watching TV every night. They want to change. They're uncomfortable in this relationship that used to make them comfortable. They're crawling out of their skins now. They're like, what can I do? I need to change. Sometimes they don't know what it is. And sometimes they're like, I know what I need to change. Let's do it. You're going to have to come back because I was going to, I'm about to ask you a question that, that requires more than the uh, three and a half minutes we have left, but uh, we'll give it a real quick shot. And that is when I was 42, I said to myself, is this all there is? I was a successful mid-level manager. I had two kids. I had a dog. I had a cat. I had the house. I had the picket fence. I had all that. And I was not happy. Is this all there is? Why am I really here? Was my, was became my mantra. And then I started looking at why am I here? And what can I do to change that? Do you find that I think that everybody at one point in their life has that exact conversation with themselves? Definitely. And usually it's around a transition, losing the job, losing a partner, whether that's through death or just a separation, um, getting a promotion, changing careers. It it could be bad or good transitions of there's a Stacey Arico song. I'm sorry, we got to go, but (laughs) more to life. It's called, there's gotta be more to life. And she sings about that. Like, there has to be more. You know, I, and I was talking to somebody in the in the last hour that I was doing a podcast. Do you know who Leanne Womack is? Womack? I don't think country so. Singer. She's oh. a country singer. And she, she, back when I was in the middle of this, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? The song came out and it was called I Hope You Dance. <gasps> I hope you dance. Yes. <laughs> I know that one. Oh, yeah. I know that one. And that was the catalyst. I even used that in the opening for Positive Talk Radio in 2003 because it was the catalyst of, I hope you dance. Don't just settle. Live your life to the fullest, regardless of what that means. And if that means that you need to go hire a coach to help you get that done, Annie's the one who's my choice. Thank you. AnnieDelRay.com. Go there, find out all about her. Contact her. She's a delightful human being. She really is. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I've got, uh, we've got probably uh, 30 seconds. Is there anything that you would like to tell our audience before we go? Um, Start focusing on your, what you can and can't control. Focus on that list. Jot something down. It brings a lot of peace of mind. And if you can't control it, let it go. Let it go. And if you can't control it, do something about it. Get off your butt and do something about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, no, that sounds like a, 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 a perfect line to end the show. Get off your butt and do something about it. So, uh, Annie, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And by the way, everybody, uh, be kind to one another because each other's all we got. We'll see you Monday at 3 o'clock on KKNW. 